Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And good morning to you. Uh, Welcome to the summer of uh, 2020. It's June 22nd after uh, yet another (laughs) news-heavy weekend. Uh, Before we get into any of that, I've had a question um, in my head for weeks now, and it occurs to me every time I walk my dog uh, late in the evening, um, like when it's dark. And invariably on those walks that I used to enjoy because of the quiet, because of just the extraordinary quiet of the world, or so it seemed. And now there is no quiet because there are explosions constantly, fireworks. Um, I don't, I'm not into explosions as entertainment myself, so I don't know, but it's like, uh, you know, what is that, bottle rockets and kaboom, kabang, blah, blah, blah. And then last night it was, I mean, really fireworks sounding. This is every night. It can't just be my neighborhood. Um, And every night I think to myself, make a note to ask (laughs) you, who's doing this? What is this? What, I I mean, I understand uh, since I've lived in Pittsburgh now for most of my life, um, I have never been more aware of how some people can't get enough fireworks, <laughs> loud bangs in their lives. And uh, as I said, it's something that's completely lost uh, to me. Don't get it. Um, but what's happening? Why all of a sudden every night are people, and who are they, setting off these uh, loud fireworks? Is it entertainment? Is it, I don't understand it. And if any of you, I I know I'm not alone, because what finally, what finally made me, um, well, do what I'm doing right now, which is ask you about it, and what finally got me to remember to ask you, because I invariably never make note of it when I get home from walking the dog, um, I happened upon a tweet from a member of the city paper staff, uh, Amanda Waltz, who is asking, well, here's her tweet. Watching everyone tweeting about the fireworks in Pittsburgh and across the country and wondering if anyone has called 911 or 311, reached out to Pittsburgh Public Safety or city council members or the mayor. I mean, what steps are people taking? I'm just curious. So she's curious. I'm curious. She's clearly trying to write a story maybe about it. Uh, She says that this is happening all across the country. And... um, I'm sure for some people um, who are trying to sleep, (laughs) because this often goes well past 10, um, what is it? Who is it? And this is what happens when you uh, legalize fireworks, huh? Everybody's got, everybody has them. But it's something to me that is different and uh, it's odd. Some of the replies that uh, Amanda received, which I'm just looking at, are, uh, according to the police scanner, police are not responding to the firework calls unless there is a complaint, which a lot of the calls don't have. They're just questioning. Um, What are the 
rules? What are the laws on setting off fireworks? Um, somebody else says here, somebody is saying it is deliberate to deter protests. I don't understand that. Um, so, okay, if this is happening across the country, is there, what is it? And um, it would, if any of you have any um, information, I would, I would appreciate it. And so apparently would Amanda Waltz, who's trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, so I'm, I'm hardly alone in noting it, but, um, and it might obviously not be a big deal, but so much has changed in our lives. And that's just one that I haven't mentioned before. How my once quiet nights in my once quiet nocturnal neighborhood have now become filled with loud noises. Okay. Um, another loud noise that I have mentioned before that drives me insane are the helicopters, which it is a rare day that I don't have them over my house, I guess because I must live in a very politically active uh, area of the city where there's a lot of marches um, and protests, but it's just constant because every time there's a protest, there's a helicopter. Now, here's what I, this is another question I have. Why? I mean, I, I can sort of understand initially when these protests began, when it was unclear if they would lead to, you know, criminal mischief. Uh, it, it has been almost a month of these daily protests. They are overwhelmingly devoid of any violence or even littering, they are groupings of, of people exercising their First Amendment rights who are in no way breaking any laws. So what are those helicopters? I asked somebody the other day, and they said, well, they thought it was the news helicopters. Well, I can assure you, having worked in news, it is not news helicopters now. Helicopters are a big expense for a newsroom, and they don't put them up willy-nilly. Gone are the days when stations had their own helicopters. I, um, back in the 80s, it was not unusual for a television station in a city like Pittsburgh to actually employ a helicopter pilot and have a helicopter. This is not happening anymore too expensive. So given the fact that the news would only want those helicopters up if they thought something was, you know, again, if it bleeds, it leads, if there's violence. And since these marches, there's no way there's news helicopters up there for every march. So that leads us to where? Has to be police, right? has to be police. So here's my next question. Why are the police up there? And what are they doing with all these peaceful protests? I'm wondering, and I'm especially wondering since news has come out, that there's a lot of air surveillance happening and this happening on the federal level. The U.S. government and specifically the Department of Homeland Security. Um, there, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish somebody would find out why there is always a helicopter and whose helicopter is it 
And what the hell are they doing? The New York Times had a piece over the weekend um, about um, how Customs and Border Protection and ICE and Homeland Security, that's all one of a piece, um, have have said that they are not uh, they are using their helicopters to oversee these marches. They've there have been federal helicopters over uh, thirteen different American cities. Um, why would ICE, Homeland Security, be flying helicopters? over these marches. Um, According to Customs and Border Protection, they were being used to provide a eagle eye view of violent acts. Well, as I said, other than the first day or two, there have been no violent acts. These are peaceful demonstrations. According to the officials, these uh, aircraft, and they've also used drones, um, are not equipped with facial recognition technology. And Yet, here is what the folks flying them put out um, when questioned. This is a quote. The deployment of drones and officers to surveil protests. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. (laughs) That was a negative. That wasn't it. Um, Also. The requests for these these surveillance operations have not been coming from local officials. So drones and other other surveillance planes flying over uh, protests in Minneapolis were not requested by anybody in local government. They came directly from Homeland Security Investigations which is a branch of ICE. And their job is long-term investigations into terrorists, weapons trafficking, and drug smuggling. So why are they buzzing overhead when American citizens exercise their First Amendment rights? We already saw the obvious misuse of aircraft um, to, in this case, terrorize and intimidate protesters over Lafayette Park. Even a Black Hawk helicopter was used there, and they flew so low that tree branches were coming down. What are these helicopters in and in Pittsburgh? I'm I'm very concerned about just Pittsburgh. Whose helicopter is that? The police? And if so, why? The police say that they are flying at a height that makes it impossible to identify individuals or license plates so that they are not doing surveillance. So what use is it for them to have that aircraft up there? If they're too high to see anything, why are they up there? And I so hate the sound of a helicopter now because I feel like I'm living in a police state. I feel like I'm being surveilled. That's the feeling of it. That's what it does to you. 
It's chilling because it's being used against peaceful American citizens who are protesting the police. and police brutality, police overreach. And here are these helicopters overhead. Now, when the feds go in and do this, as I said, they've done it in 13, as far as the New York Times was able to ascertain, 13 uh, American cities. I don't know if Pittsburgh was one of them. A live feed of what they are, in other words, they're recording. So they're up in the helicopter, they're recording, and a live feed of the footage is sent back to a mobile operations center where federal agents monitor the screens, the television screens, looking at what's coming in. Now, if they have a drone, they can also manipulate the drone with, you know, a joystick, if there's a federal agent on the ground, they can request a view from the sky that can be sent directly to their phones. This, these aerial video images can also obviously be analyzed later by Homeland Security uh, intelligence officers. And that kind of data can be stored for years and years and years. I'm just saying, what's going on? Little things change. And the fireworks is one thing. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the helicopters. Enough. I'll quote somebody from the ACLU about the intimidating factor involved here. You see an aircraft. You have no idea what technologies that aircraft is carrying. There is something militaristic and dominating about a militarized police aircraft hovering over you when you're out protesting police abuse. I never used to feel that way about a helicopter. I would hear a helicopter and I would think, oh, somebody's life is being saved. They're being life flighted because I live close to Oakland where the hospitals are. Oh, they're going to be saved. And now I just feel my blood running cold and I feel, you know, my back stiffen. This is living in Donald Trump's America. <laughs> As if on um, cue, David has just written, I hate helicopters because I live right next to a hospital. <laughs> Flies off a dozen times a day. You live in the East End. Uh, some of what you're hearing is probably a bit of that too. No, but I, I, I can tell those because those move in a straight direction. A helicopter moving in a straight direction, you hear, you hear it coming, then you hear it louder, then you hear it go away. The helicopters that are driving me insane are the ones that just do a tight little circle right over my neighborhood. And it's cops. Or it's feds. And they got lots of uh, technology. Uh, B writes from Asia. 
where he is. We have fireworks here all the time. Well, the Chinese invented them, didn't they? Maybe they didn't invent chop suey, but they invented fireworks last time I heard, I think. We have fireworks here all the time. Bree says there are so many public holidays. I think it started with, oh, yeah, Chinese New Year. I got to stop getting ahead of you guys. And now each group feels a need to outdo the other. In Shanghai and Singapore, there are restrictions, but not here in Kuala Lumpur. I can't keep up with you. You're in Kuala Lumpur? Or is that where you've always been? I mean, you used to be in the, what, the UAE? Kuala Lumpur is, see, my, I don't know. Anyway, in fact, Malaysia is kind of like the Wild West in some ways, Bree says, an interesting discussion for another time. Um, and then Bree says, I am able to see local Pittsburgh television here. Oh, God. And I've noticed ads for phantom fireworks. Yeah. That it, it's true. I mean, fireworks used to be, yeah, I know you could never get them in my home state when we were kids. I mean, the most you could hope for was a sparkler. Um, but they're free now. I just want to know why. And it's been since the pandemic. It's been since the pandemic with people, I guess, stuck in their houses and unable to go out and do what they usually do. So the default is to set off fireworks in your backyard every night i don't i'm just i don't understand it and art says it just started in bloomfield last week my dogs are going crazy i hate it oh gosh yeah the poor dogs i am blessed right now with a dog who would sleep through it doesn't even react but the dog i had before Poor Lucy. Oh, my God. She would be, I mean, teeth-chattering terror. Uncontrollable terror. I'd, I'd hold her and she'd just be shaking like a leaf. That's why I, I mean, my, I don't get the fireworks thing, but I really learned to hate them. Um, also, let's talk about veterans who might have uh, post-traumatic stress. Hmm? If you don't care about how this upsets the animals, and I'm sure wildlife as well, um, how about the veterans? You're also always thanking, thanking for your service, but let me just have you have nightmares uh, by setting off fireworks all the time that will remind you only of uh, war. I don't know. So that's all. I, I know. This is nothing, and there's bigger fish to fry, but... There's just two things that have been in my head. We have a caller. Caller, hello. Hi. Hello. And good morning. It's David from Hampton. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. I had a wonderful weekend. Got 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 booty, you know, tribute for being a father. Who would mm-hmm. think it, you know, they'd be paying me for they'd be paying me off for mm-hmm. doing good things. But I um, I always thought that the reason that people liked the fireworks was kind of an extension of, uh, you know, the whole pyromaniac thing with burning things up, you know. I worked at Western Psych for 20, 29 years, and uh, I worked with kids, and uh, it's it's vividly described how excited, you know, the the kids get when they set the fires and um then the fireworks is just an extension of that that whole you know in the pit of your stomach feeling of you know is it is it uh typically though male do female i don't think females give it yes yes and it also goes it also goes along with uh animal cruelty that's what i was also going to say Oh, yeah. 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 So it's men having a need to make loud noises with the potential of danger because, you know, things can be blown up with this stuff. And the guns, you know. And the guns. Shooting the guns, the cannons, the bigger the noise, the better. Yeah. God, I don't get it. Well, Well, I did have some of that. I mean, I admit myself as maybe being a... uh, 
a blossoming pyromaniac until I almost burnt my family's home down. Jeez. I mean, well, you know, one of the reasons I went into the field was because I thought I I had em- I'd have an empathy for the kids that were they got caught. They got caught. As opposed to you, who somehow yeah, yeah. survived it. Renegade out on the out on the move. Well, it's not unusual to to find out that an arsonist like is a member of a volunteer fire department, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it is. Well, but I don't think that's what all this things go. But there, I'm sure it's men and boys because this is not something women do. I I just. And I don't them, get it. You know, a boredom. You know, they, they, and needing you know, to make being locked up. You know, they, uh-huh. they get bored and want to blow something up. And, oh, jeez! I mean, I'm bored. I want to blow something up. That's so male. Sure, absolutely. And and the helicopters. I always thought they were they were looking for weed. You know, they, well, they not now by. though. That's not why they're hovering over my house now. Well, they go what are they looking them. for? They go across the, you know, like down at Fr- and Frick, yeah. And uh, you know, they the the marijuana plant shows up as a different color, uh-huh. uh huh. And in something infrared, I don't know, but yeah. But why do they even? I mean, it's practically legal. It's just beyond belief that that would be a priority this, this, in this, any this, way. This was our perception, you know. At the, at yeah. The time, you know. The, oh, okay. There, there's the Blackhawks looking for the, you know, they're. From the Department of uh, Drug Enforcement, you know, they're, they're God, looking I... for marijuana growing in the fields here. Oh, day. for God's yeah. sake! All right, well, you. Well, hey, thank know. you for thank you for know. the call. All right, Lynn, have a good. Okay, time. careful with matches. Thank you. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. We have uh, another caller. I want to get on. Hello, caller. Hi. Hey, Lynn. It's Jonathan. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Good. So this, um, the whole fireworks thing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely male. And it's, uh, one of the things that your last caller mentioned was about blowing up. And there used to be a show SCTV. I don't know if you remember it, but yes, I do remember. Yeah. John Candy got his start and Eugene Levy, Mm -hmm. Catherine O'Hara, all, all those people. Anyway, they used to have a regular segment called Farm Fil- Film Report, where I'll send you a couple links <laughs> on YouTube, but where these two uh, farmer types would review movies. And the, <laughs> the movie's mare was based on this stuff blew, blowed up in it. Oh, that blowed up real good. And, <laughs> and you know, I didn't like that one. Not, nothing really blew up, you know, blowed up in that one. <laughs> But it's all about, look, you can ride, you know, guys on motorcycles. Yeah. It's not just the making because they sell mufflers, big secret. But um, it's not just making the noise. It's making sure everybody else hears that you're making the noise. Right. And so, yeah, you know, or the the muscle car or, you know, on and on and on. So it's. It's so it's advertising your masculinity, absolutely, in a, but in, in such also, a pathetic way that I mean, I mean, it's yeah. pathetic. It's like Donald Trump yeah. masculinity, right? But it's it's more than that too. I will say that, like when I when I was a kid, I used to like to shoot off, shoot off um rocket like model rockets because I was really okay. into space stuff. Okay, and there was something about. Oh, you know, I well, I was really in the space. Got to launch it, and you see how high it goes. And sure, I, I didn't care about the noise. There was no noise, but there there was kind of a, a cool wow factor about that. So I think that's well, I think that's it. different. But, I mean, I think that's different. That involves aeronautics and you know, like right. space. And but I, I think that, that's, I think that's a part of it for these people with the fireworks, as it is kind of cool and it makes a show. But the noise factor is making sure everybody else hears that you're a gorilla and go, you know, and, and make, but, make the noise. So, but why yeah, all of a sudden every night? Oh, uh, it used to be when fireworks weren't legal. Yeah. I think it was right around 4th of July weekend because people would drive over the border. Right, and get right. Them and 
But now that fireworks stores are kind of like Halloween stores, mm-hmm. where they open up, let's say, a month before the holiday, and that's when people... No, I'm just guessing here, but that's when people go to buy them. And so once those kind of specialty pop-up stores open, that's when people get... Well, so it's only going to get worse, is what you're telling me. It's only going to get worse. I'm always good news. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I I think so. Yeah, so that's that's my opinion. But you are so right. It's definitely male making the noise. God almighty, you guys. Thank you, Jonathan. (laughs) Talk to you later. Okay, Bye bye. Bye. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I give up. We got another caller. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Hi. Uh, You know how Pittsburghers and fireworks are, Lynn? Yes, I do. I can't get enough of them. Well. Uh, The other day, yesterday, I was in Walmart. As much as I hate going to that store, I had to go there. And when I walked in, I just, you know, as I was going in, I just noticed on the right, boxes and boxes of fireworks. Mm. And I was like, you know, are they legal now? Mm. They They must be. be. Yeah, they must be. Yeah, because I saw it. I was like, what the hell are they selling fireworks in Walmart? What's going on here? You know, you couldn't do that. It used to be something right. Yeah. Yeah, you had to, you know, go over state lines, right? You, know, you don't have to anymore. God, they must have a hell of a lobby that all of a sudden, because they're dangerous. People, ask any ER doctor. I bet they're seeing lots of fingers, you know, blown up and stuff like that with all these fireworks going off. Yeah, you used to have to go over, I don't know if you remember, you could cross into the Ohio line. And as soon as you crossed over, there was a giant yeah, fireworks store. Sure. Right. And I guess that's where everybody got their fireworks. Right. right. Anyway, you were saying uh, you were saying blue doesn't it doesn't bother them? No, not at all. Thank God. But try and play that piano. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Something's got to bother them. Yeah. Right. My piano playing. He likes uh, it. Well, singing. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's probably just joining in. That's what he's doing. Uh, okay, this this is for uh, Jonathan Lynn. Okay. Uh, a new Lego store opened up down the block, and people were lining up for blocks. Is that it? That's a groaner, Lynn. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye-bye. you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So, (laughs) I guess we're not going to get too serious today. Um, Let me see what else I can do here. Um, Oh, I want to read this this letter that was in the uh, local paper uh, from um, somebody who is leaving town but is going um appreciates uh the city and is come on baby come on here we go oh damn it won't um it's out of it's out of whack <laughs> it's not oh, come on it's like not um what am I trying to say? It's blurry. I can't read it. Uh, all right, never mind. Um, it was so beautifully written. And and there's something so wonderful when somebody when somebody can put pen to paper and and communicate like this. And this is somebody who is is going on to someplace else and uh, was saying goodbye to us. And it was so lovely. And it was in the Post-Gazette, I think, on Saturday. Um, but I can't, uh, I can't read the damn thing. I took a picture of it, and I'm trying to look at the picture, and it's all a blur. Um, also, 
hang on, I have other things. I do uh, want to uh, mention something that just boiled my blood, and that is the the guy who owned Caliban Books, I guess he still does, um, who was acting as a fence for the archivist at the Carnegie who was ripping off uh, rare books and then walking over to Caliban Books and selling them to this guy, John Schulman. Um, And they stole like millions of dollars of, well, let's see, the insurance, Carnegie Library's insurance, uh, Traveler's Insurance paid the library six and a half million dollars for its loss. So here are these two guys, six and a half million dollars worth and then some apparently because uh, travelers did not cover another two million of losses. So we're we're talking about um, eight and a half to nine million dollars. And they got sentenced this weekend. And I was just blown away. First of all, they will not step foot in a jail ever. Haven't and won't. This is white-collar crime. You know, a black man who uh, lifts uh, some Twinkies from uh, his neighborhood 7-Eleven uh, can end up doing jail time. Could end up getting killed by the cops. These two, $9 million worth, and they just get grounded. They have to stay home. They have to stay home. I forget how many months. Big deal. They've got to stay in their home. I don't know about them, but I've been pretty much under house arrest myself. And I didn't steal rare books from the Carnegie Library. And never mind that a day before his sentencing, this Schulman sent a, an email out to his buddies saying he was innocent, calling the whole thing Kafkaesque, and making fun of – this is after he pled guilty. And I thought, oh, well, with that, the judge is going to throw the book at him. No. The judge says he didn't put them in jail because of the pandemic. Well, if it's so dangerous to be in jail, then how about letting all those black guys who are sitting in the Allegheny County Jail who haven't even been convicted yet, how about letting them out because of COVID-19? Jesus. Everywhere you look, if you're a white guy, not to worry, okay? Not to worry. The system was built for you. It was built for you. It's built to protect you. Man, I got an education this this week. And I want to thank Milton, one of one of us. He um, he sent me a uh, YouTube video. It's a lecture by a historian, and it's called "Birth of a White Nation." And I so 
recommend this. It's about, I don't know, 45 minutes long. But if you want to go to school, if you want to have your mind blown with how little American history you know, um, I would watch this thing. I can't stop thinking about it. And since then, I've Googled other things that it put me on to. I am blown away. But it quite clearly shows you how white skin has given people an an institutionally embedded advantage in our law. It's been codified since day one. The other thing I learned, that the category white didn't even exist until 1664. I'm talking globally. There was nowhere in the world where people were identified as white. That was not an identifier. It was not a group. People were where they were from. If you, they, what are you? I'm, I'm French. I'm Bel, I'm a Belgique. I'm, I'm, I'm German. I'm, uh, I'm African. I'm, I'm Chinese. I'm British. I'm American. There was no, I'm white. And in fact, it's just mind-blowing what happened and how it happened. And it happened specifically to protect the rich. It's a mind-blowing history lesson. Have you ever heard of something called Bacon's Rebellion? I never heard of it. Bacon's Rebellion. Because it's what led to the classification of people as white for the first time. Bacon was white. And he helped create a an uprising I'm not going to get into this part too much of um, of people in Virginia I think it was Virginia yeah in the colonies that were run by the king of England and his folks and I won't get into what Bacon was rebelling about, but a lot of it had to do with, you know, being able to kill Native Americans as I went and looked further into it. My God, oh, our history is just beyond belief. But the thing about Bacon's rebellion was that the people rebelling and fighting the king were white and black. Uh-huh. They fought alongside each other. They had common purpose. Because the labor pool at the time was also white and black. White indentured servants and black slaves. But they did the same work. They lived often together. And they knew they had a lot in common, which is they were screwed. And then they re- there was this rebellion. And all hell broke loose. It went on for a year. And after the king sent boatloads of uh, redcoats over to finally quell it, The one percenters of the time, the guys who owned all the tobacco plantations, 
in the colony were freaked. God, that was a close call. They said, geez, this is dangerous that these in white indentured servants, these poor Brits that signed part of their lives over to us to eventually get a toehold, and these black slaves and even black freemen, because there were black freemen in 16-whatever. Did you know that? Jeez. The, these white tobacco plantation owners figured it out. We've got to drive a wedge in between these two. We can't have them feeling common cause. If our, if our scheme, our capitalist scheme here and the cheap labor we have here, if we're to keep getting rich and having this thing work, then we have got to get those white workers identifying more with us than with those blacks. Divide and conquer. And oh my God, they started passing laws. 1681, listen to this one. It is illegal for British and other white women to marry a man of African descent. That was a new law, 1681. And it was the first time in the world that a category of white appears in codified law. And notice it's white women. It doesn't say white men can't marry a black or a raper, which is what you would do. No. It says white women cannot marry African descent. And then they passed other laws. Free blacks cannot own a weapon. Some freedom, huh? Free blacks cannot testify against white people. And there we are again, white and so little by little, white becomes this category that places the black people at the bottom and allows the white workers a sense of superiority. And gave those white workers a sense of status, being better than, higher than, elevated, because they had not been prior to it. They were just labor. Did you know this? That this white versus black thing started right here in Virginia as a result of the British elite landowners fearing that the workers could band together, black and white, and kill their money-making experiment in colonial capitalism. And lest you think that after the next big rebellion, the one we call the American Revolution, which happened like a hundred years after that, and our great founding fathers, remember them? And then we had the first Congress of the United States meets. It's 1790. 
You know, one of the laws they passed was, it was a naturalization law. It was an immigration law, naturalization law. This will be interesting to all those DACA kids and anybody else right now who ICE is uh, gunning for. The first Congress of these United States of America passed a law that said in order to become a naturalized citizen of these United States, you had to be white. And they even passed laws that said if a white woman married a black man a not, or a non-white man, any man who wasn't white, she would lose her citizenship. So from our very beginnings, these laws and naturalization laws definitely were tools for keeping this country white and the liberties and freedoms of this country for white people only. And all these laws, all this stuff from day one, from before day one, have given unearned economic advantage to people who are born with white skin. These laws always have, they still do, and as I said earlier, this white advantage is literally institutionally embedded in our country from its inception. That is how big and heavy a lift we've got to do to correcting this. And you got to ask yourself, all those years, every year in school, from kindergarten, well, from first grade on, I had history classes. I learned American history. I never knew any of this. Whitewashed, airbrushed, distorted, bogus. This is an extraordinary time. That I, an old white lady, can realize that I know next to nothing about my nation's history and about the reality of living in it while black. And I am not alone because a lot of white people are waking up. And I don't think once you, you have seen it clearly or the fog starts to lift a little bit that you can forget it, that you can go back to the ignorance that we were so carefully taught. The mythology that was so carefully ingrained year after year after year. Think every year you learn the story of the pilgrims. Think every year the stories we were told that were bullshit. Do we have the courage to look at ourselves, our country, in its, in its bare reality, in its ugliness and its beauty, in its promise, promises made, 
and promises unkept And just in this last month, things have happened that I never thought I would see happen in my lifetime. And you can thank these young people in the streets. And they're not going to stop. Things that we tried to get done could never get done. The statue's coming down. That's good. And anyone who doesn't see that that's good... I'm not sure what we can do for you. It's not erasing history. It's making sure that we venerate the right people. You don't erase history by taking a statue down. You erase the tribute that is given to men who are undeserving of it. And so now you have the amazing thing of the friggin' NCAA warning the state of Mississippi that it wasn't going to get any NCAA competitions or anything, major stuff, in that state until they got rid of their state flag, which prominently includes the Confederate battle emblem. Now, there have been efforts over time, but see, it's a sequence when the guys with money threaten these racists, these people who still insist it's about their heritage. If your heritage was about enslaving people, terrorizing people, and lifting people up for veneration who were traitors to the country, well, then the hell with your heritage. My God, the head of the NCAA's Board of Governors said... There is no place in college athletics or the world for symbols or acts of discrimination and oppression. Uh, Well, there is place. There's tons of places. But it's a welcome change. It's a welcome change that the Minnesota Twins, the baseball team, removed a statue of their former owner, a guy named Calvin Griffith. He's been taken down. He'd been standing outside their baseball park. And you know why he was taken down? Jeez, this guy who'd been venerated outside the Twin Stadium, speaking to a Lions Club meeting in Wasika, Minnesota, had told the crowd that he had decided to move his baseball team, which had been the Senators, the Washington Senators, by the way, under him, the last team in the league to sign a black player. Didn't manage to get a black player on the Senators till 1962. Perfect that it was the D.C. team. And this jerk, rich white American guy who owned the baseball team, he told the Lions Club in Wasika, Minnesota, this. I decided to move the senators out here when I found out you only had 15,000 blacks here. We came here because you've got good, hardworking white people here.
I think I mixed him up with another guy. So there's another guy I mixed him up with, George Preston Marshall. That was what the Minnesota guy said. The other guy who owned Washington, the Washington Senators um, is a guy named, uh, yeah, George Preston Marshall. He's the one who, he owned a football team. It's called the Redskins. Now, do you think that name might change now? Huh? Anyway, he was the owner. Um, a statue of him has also been removed. Do you see Johnson and Johnson? said on Friday that it would no longer sell certain products that are advertised as skin lighteners. Those include Neutrogena Fine Fairness and Clear Fairness by Clean and Clear. Now, you don't necessarily see those because they aren't, Johnson & Johnson didn't distribute those here. They distributed them in Asia and the Middle East, where a lot of people think dark skin is awful and they try desperately to whiten it. Johnson & Johnson said we will no longer produce or ship this product line. And another Johnson & Johnson product, Band-Aid, has announced that it would start selling Band-Aids in all different skin tones. Something they did do once. I remember seeing that a long time ago, but for whatever reason. Okay. And it was said that this these products build upon, perpetuate, and benefit from internalized racism. And they promote the idea that black is not beautiful. It's something that needs to be repaired, covered over, replaced. Now, all of these companies doing all of this stuff are to be looked at with a jaundiced eye. They only do things for money. If a corporation grows a conscience, I, I, uh, I'd be shocked. Okay, um, so guys here, the, the COVID report has come in. By the way, I've been, I've been watching it every day, and we're seeing more and more cases here. I just want to say that. I'm, these numbers look always bigger to me. Um, and I should say that 13% of all the cases here in Allegheny County are um, in healthcare workers. So, yeah, being on the front lines has huge risk. Today's report shows 45 more cases. They've been, they've been big. The numbers were for a while there, five, six, and now we're seeing these double digits again, 45 cases. It, um, no deaths. Um, the deaths have stayed pretty, pretty much plateaued. Anyway, did I not mention Trump? And that wonderful spectacle of him speaking to a more than half-empty arena. Oh, sorry. I'm sure you enjoyed it as much as I did. So, and there's a lot of other stuff I haven't gotten around to. We spent so much time on firecrackers and helicopters. Oh, well. So um, I guess that's it, guys. Um, 
Thank you. Please check out that if you have 45 minutes. Uh, Google it. It's on YouTube, Birth of a White Nation. It's a real eye-opener about early American history that you never learned. And we got to start learning it. Okie doke. You have a good day. And I'll see you tomorrow with uh, my sister Susan in tow. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.